from deep inside your audio device of choice. Little nutty today here in the Le Chardon. I don't know about you, I'm hearing myself only in one ear. So it's going to be a one-eared show. Which, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. This is basically um, dedicated to uh, all the one-eared listeners out there. I'm with you today. I know what I know what you're feeling, and more importantly, I know what you're hearing. No, more importantly, I know what you're feeling, ladies and gentlemen. Relax. Everything's okay on the nuclear front, unless uh, you happen to be downwind of Zaporizhia in Ukraine, in Ukraine, in Ukraine. Deadline Vienna, Austria. That's what uh, the first story on the uh, Le Show news pile says today. The nuclear safety and security situation at the Zaporizhia nuclear plant has deteriorated further, according to the International Atomic Energy Agency. What do they know? The facility is lose, has lost all access to external power, that is to say, electricity. That's what nuclear plants run on. That's what they make. Kind of a kind of a circle thing. This is due to renewed shelling overnight, and it's according to Director General Rafael Grossi of the IAEA. The shelling damaged the plant's last remaining operating power line shortly after midnight, forcing Europe's largest nuclear power plant to rely on its emergency diesel generators for the electricity it needs to cool the reactor and other essential nuclear safety and security functions. Why don't they just use the diesel generator to make a lick? The director general said he was citing information from the IAEA team of experts present at the site. These generators have had fuel for 10 days, but the lack of off-site electricity is a deeply worrying development that underlines the urgent need to establish a nuclear safety and security protection zone around the plant, according to Grossi, who is the director general of the IAEA. What does he know? Quote, the resumption of shelling hitting the plant's sole source of external power is tremendously irresponsible. The Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, he said, must be protected. Unquote. Hey, look. At least we're not downwind. Hello, welcome to the show.
just a man that played a steel guitar. He said that you don't need him to be moved to the bar. He brought his amplifier and he hitched it in my plug. He planked it and he plunked it, but it wasn't good enough. my door I said mm, my daddy's back I opened up the door and there stood piano jack he said I came to do some tinkling on your piano keys I said don't make me nervous this ain't no time to tease just send me my daddy he played I asked him how it was done he said I blow through here then I work my fingers and my thumb I slide it right off then I slide it back again I got a lot of wind and then I slide it From New Orleans, Louisiana, I'm Harry Shearer. Welcome. One, I'm the one-eared Harry Shearer. No, I, I have both ears. I just have an earphone thing that only has one. And um, so I feel like half of myself. I'm Harry Shearer. Welcome you to this edition of the show. Enough about that. Not enough about this. News of the Olympic Movement. Produced by Jim Ebersol III. Well, usually at this uh, time in the four-year cycle, the Olympic guys are looking forward. But right about now, they're looking backward because of uh, a scandal that is um, monopolizing attention, at least in Japan. A top executive of a major Japanese publisher was charged this week with bribing a former Tokyo Olympics organizing committee member. Charges against uh, Mr. Karakawa, major figure in Japan's movie and entertainment industry, who knew, are the latest in the unfolding corruption scandal related to last year's Tokyo Summer Games, according to the AP. Kurokawa was arrested in the middle of last month on suspicion of bribing Haruyuki Takahashi with 480000 American dollars. Takahashi is a former executive at the advertising company Dentsu. They were a major part of the organizing for the Tokyo Games, arranging sponsorships, among other things. That's uh, Mr. Taki's jo- Takahashi's job. He's been arrested in re- three... Re- 
arrested and rearrested three times since August. Well, he knows the drill. All the while, he's remained in custody and is also facing bribery allegations involving two other companies. Aoki Holdings, a clothing company that dressed Japan's Olympic team, and Daiku Advertising. Not Dentsu, Daiku, another one. Sorry, Daiko. Adding additional allegations which keeps a suspect in custody is known in Japan as hostage justice. Analysts say the arrests and charges may continue for months. In the Olympic scandal, more than 50 companies were sponsors. I feel I must take responsibility. Karakawa is facing a serious challenge and a new leadership is needed so it can be overcome. That's uh, Karukawa. Son of the publishing company's founder said he is uh, quitting as chairman. Several other officials at the companies accused of bribery have been arrested, in two, including two other Katakawa employees. Katakawa Group, which also makes movies and games, said it takes the charges seriously. Quote, we deeply and repeatedly re apologize to our readers, users, writers, and creators, shareholders, and investors, and all others who may have been affected the company. Prosecutors say Takahashi acted in ways to favor the companies with business benefits related to the Olympics in return for the bribes. The games cost $13 billion, mostly taxpayer money. Sure. Why not? Meanwhile, the uh, IOC president, Thomas Bach, has chosen not to travel to Tokyo this month, according to GamesBids.com, to attend a, a celebration marking the first anniversary of the Tokyo Olympics. His decision comes as both the IOC and Japanese sports officials are grappling with that scandal. The Thank You Tokyo Festival and commemorative ceremony organized by the IOC is going to be held today. Because it's a movement. And we all need one. Every day. The IOC blamed the cancellation of the IOC's head trip to Tokyo on timing. You got to have timing, babe. Key to Olympic thing. Quote, unfortunately, the IOC president, Thomas Bach, will not be able to attend these important events in person due to scheduling reasons. All right, then. Uh, according to a report by a Japanese newspaper that cited inside sources, cancellation will impact a meeting that was being considered between Bach and the mayor of Sapporo to discuss the 2030 bid for the Winter Olympics. Those plans are going to need to be rescheduled, I'll say. Got a, got a whole new set of bribes. No, I didn't. Plans last month for the mayor of Sapporo to travel to Switzerland to meet with Bach were canceled. On short notice, the blame was also placed on scheduling conflicts. But local reports, quoting sources close to, the, close to the matter, said the September cancellations was due to the rising Tokyo 2020 corruption scandal. So it's metastasizing. The uh, IOC backed up the claim that the mayor changed plans due to a scheduling conflict. 
So at least they can cooperate on that. Sapporo remains the likely favorite in the bid. Its bid to host the city's second Winter Olympics. Canadian bid from Vancouver still seeks government approvals before it can proceed, and a project from Salt Lake City has shifted its focus to 2034, not to be too close to the L.A. Summer Games of 2028. Japan's bid may be the only option remaining when the IOC executive board names a preferred candidate as early as December of this year. A recent survey in Japan revealed that 55% support hosting the Winter Olympics in Sapporo, while only 38% were opposed. Local reports claim support is souring because of the lingering corruption scandal. But wait, there's more. The organization associated with the Olympics known as USA Curling says its CEO... I'm not making up this name. Jeff Plush. See? Had to tell you that. Acted in accordance with prioritizing the safety of athletes during his tenure as the leader of the National Women's Soccer League. That's where an investigation uncovered years of systemic emotional abuse and sexual misconduct. The curling board met this week after a report on the independent investigation into the abuses in women's soccer. Plush happened to be commissioner of the Women's Soccer League from 2014 and 2017. The investigation found he was aware of allegations of sexual harassment and coercion against the coach of the Portland Thorns, but did not do anything to prevent him from continuing to coach in the Women's Soccer League. Former acting U.S. Attorney General, see if you remember this name, Sally Yates, she led the soccer investigation said Plush did not respond to requests for an interview. The curling board says it'll navigate forward in a way that reviews fact and prioritizes safety for all, unquote. You do know that safety is the first priority of this show, right? Right after popularity? And binaural, binaurality? Deadline Berlin, still with the Olympic thing, The International Olympic Committee says this week it was not consulted in the decision by the Olympic Council of Asia to pick the host of the 2029 Asian Winter Games. That will be Saudi Arabia. That's right, land of 4,000 princes and almost no snow. The choice raised some eyebrows in the sports world. It was announced this week. Because uh, Saudi Arabia, as you know, is a desert, and these are the winter games. There's no winter sports infrastructure in Saudi Arabia, nor any tradition of winter sports there. Well, they're starting it. Every tradition has to. It also means that all of the majority of venues needed for this multi-sports event will have to be built from scratch and then sent to Saudi Arabia because they can't build it. They have to build it. From scratch. The IOC was not consulted about the decision with regard to the Asian Winter Games, was not involved in the decision-making process, says an IOC spokesperson. As, I, as far as the IOC is concerned, the official added, sustainability is a key pillar of Olympic Agenda 2020 plus 5. 
That's uh, the reform plan that aimed at reducing costs and the size of the Olympics to make them more attractive to potential future host cities. Saudi Arabia plans to build a mountain resort in its $500 billion flagship project called Neom. That's a city built from scratch by uh, Prince Bonesaw. That's expected to be built in 2026. It'll offer outdoor skiing, a man-made freshwater lake, and a nature reserve, preserving the nature that they, they're putting there. The uh, IOSA made it plain in its Olympic agenda there's clear priority for existing venues. If these do not exist, the use of temporary venues is encouraged, according to the IOC spokesperson. If neither of these works, from a sustainability point of view, the respective events can even be held outside the Olympic host country, which sort of puts the concept of host country into uh, some question. The IOC requires organizing committees to achieve climate-positive Olympic Games by 2030 at the latest, these winter games in Saudi Arabia. Fortuitously are in 2029. Just made it. Well, that's how you do when you're a movement. Oh, yeah. We all need one. Every day. Now, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, uh, not a major part, but certainly a part of the concept of the self-driving car is um, automatic emergency braking. You know, it's all part of this, we'll do the driving, you just relax. Well, automatic emergency braking is pretty good, turns out, according to The Verge, at preventing low-speed rear-end crashes. You know, like when you're creeping forward at a stoplight and you boop. But it kind of sucks when vehicles are traveling at more average speeds. This is according to new research from the AAA. Starting last month, all new cars sold in the U.S. became required to come standard with automatic emergency braking. It uses some uh, cameras facing forward. Always a good idea. And uh, other sensors to automatically apply the brakes when a crash is imminent. The Insurance Insurance Institute for Highway Safety estimates it may help prevent 28,000 crashes by 2025. It's an estimate. But the AAA wanted to uh, put it to the test to see how it's progressed since uh, furling, first rolling out to production vehicles about 20 years ago. What they found, according to The Verge, not that great using four vehicles. Quote, um, automatic emergency braking does well at tackling the limited task it was designed to do 
says the director of AAA's Automotive Engineering and Industry Relations. Unfortunately, he continues, that task was drawn up years ago, and regulators' slow-speed crash standards haven't evolved, unquote. Four vehicles selected for testing. A uh, Chevrolet Equinox, a Ford Explorer, a Honda Touring, and a Toyota RAV4. AAA wanted to know how it performs, AEB, automatic emergency braking, in two more common and deadly crash scenarios, T-bones and left turns in front of oncoming vehicles. These two types of crashes over the last four years accounted for nearly 40% of total fatalities in crashes involving two passenger vehicles in which the striking vehicle did not lose traction or leave the road. In both the T-bones and left turns in front of an oncoming vehicle, AEB, automatic emergency braking, failed to prevent a certain percentage of all crashes staged by the AAA. Any guesses on the percentage? Try 100. You'd be right. The system also failed to alert the driver and slow the vehicle's speed. Otherwise, right on the money. It performed a little better in rear-end collision testing as long as the speed was kept low. This isn't the first time AAA has highlighted the shortcoming of automatic braking and other drive assist features. A three-year-old study by the group found that automatic emergency braking was terrible at preventing cars from running over dummy pedestrians when the cars were driving 20 miles an hour. So my word of advice, ladies and gentlemen, don't be a dummy pedestrian. Please. We need you. We need you right here. More news from the uh, smart, 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 smart world. Boston Dynamics and five other robot makers have promised in an open letter they won't allow their machines to be weaponized by either themselves or their customers. That's despite the fact that robotics corporations do tool up their equipment for military and other organizations. Some people are trying to modify commercial robots by attaching their own weapons, according to the Register of the British Tech Journal. The five other orgs, promising not to arm their machines and to prevent virus from hacking them, are uh, Agility Robotics, Anybotics, ClearPath Robotics, Unitree Robotics, and Open Robotics. Anybotics, I like that. Sounds like an Elon thing. But there's more. It's such a smart world this week. And this this may get Elon involved, the aforementioned Elon. Space is the final frontier not just for humanity but also for marketers. The Register reports Russian scientists have undertaken a feasibility study on satellite-displayed advertising. They conclude not only is it possible, it could turn a profit. The uh, researchers at Skolkova Institute of Science and Technology and Moscow Institute of Physics and Technology said, what we propose to consider is a dedicated space system. A long-term space advertising mission would rely on a complex satellite system orbiting the Earth and demonstrating pixel images to, to observers on the ground. In this case, an advertisement appears as a constellation of bright artificial stars formed into an image 
that can be observed in clear night sky for several minutes. They want to send up about, well, they're not wanting to, they're saying it's possible to send up a constellation of about 50 satellites, CubeSats, and place them in a sun-synchronous low-Earth orbit. So they're always in direct view of the sun and its light. These satellites can be programmed to assume certain formations, like, I'm loving it, that change depending on the city below and the advertiser willing to pay. The, advertise, uh, the scientists note similar campaigns have been considered several times in the past. Oh, the past. Such as the Eiffel Tower Centennial in 1989 or the Atlanta Olympics in 1996. But both were devoted to a single event and relied on a space structure rather than a satellite formation to display the graphics. Nowadays, SpaceX's Starlink constellation can often be spotted by the naked eye. That's what delights astronomers. So we know space advertising is technically possible and paper provides loads of equations and diagrams on the hows and whys of the diffusive reflectors as well as information on optical, uh, sorry, optimal orbital height coverage and so forth. Is it economically viable? Unfortunately, the answer appears to be yes. Much of the paper is devoted to the figures showing how. So don't look up, like I said in the movie. South Korea has or ordered Do Kwon to surrender his passport or risk getting it revoked. The East Asian nation is escalating actions against the crypto entrepreneur whose blockchain collapse earlier this year wiped $40 billion out of investors' banks, not banks, funds. South Korean government has given Kwon, Do Kwon to you, 14 days to comply with the new order, it said in a notice on its website this week. The order follows Interpol hosting a red notice against the crypto entrepreneur last month, requesting law enforcement agencies worldwide to please locate an arrest. His current whereabouts are unknown. Somewhere on the blockchain, I guess. This week he refuted claims that his crypto funds had been frozen after media reports that South Korean prosecutors had escalated actions against him. He called the news falsehood, reiterating he doesn't use the uh, two facilities that were blocked or frozen. Have no time to trade. No funds have been frozen. I don't know whose funds they've frozen, but good for them. Hope they're not. Th they use it for good, he says. The collapse of t Terra cryptocurrency and the so-called stablecoin Terra USD in May wiped out that $40 billion prompting an uproar that caused the prosecutors to launch investigations into Quan and his colleagues. He said he's not trying to hide from the authority and is not on the run. He just don't know where he is. And more. Digital health care has its advantages, but privacy isn't one of them. In a nation with millions of uninsured families, a shortage of health professionals, many turn to health care apps and websites for information or even potential treatment. This according to the Washington Post. But when you fire up a symptom checker or digital therapy app, you might be unknowingly sharing your concerns with more than just the app maker. Facebook has been caught receiving patient information from hospitals 
websites through its tracker tool. Google stores health-related Internet searches. Mental health apps leave room in their privacy policies to share data with unlisted third parties. Users have few protections under HIPAA when it comes to digital data, and popular health apps share information with a broad collection of advertisers, according to the Washington Post's investigation. And finally, in this smart, 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 smartest world ever, what's going on in the metaverse these days? Asks Coindesk, looking at two of the biggest companies with over $1 billion valuations. The answer is surprising. Not much. At least not enough to bring users around daily. According to data data from DAP Radar, the Ethereum-based virtual world Decentraland, that's a uh, place in the metaverse, had 38 active users in the past 24 hours. Its competitor, the Sandbox, had 522 active users in the same time frame. That's a, uh, well, it's an active user. That's a person who has a a, um, a transaction. So um, this metaverse thing right now sounds pretty lonely.
Yeah, that was a big, long sliding thing solo. From New Orleans, this is the show. And uh, I'm sure you're, you're up to date on all the, um, the latest news about uh, TFG, the former guy, uh, number, what was he, 45? Um, and the government documents, the short version of the story, is that uh, since the beginning of the year, federal government has uh, and the Justice Department have uh, made three attempts to retrieve all of the uh, government documents that the government, them being government documents, the government thinks they own them, uh, from Donald Trump uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, three different deliveries, um, two by the Trump organization to the government and one uh, group of documents retrieved in uh, as a result of a search warrant that the FBI served on Mar-a-Lago in August. And yet the, the uh, reports this week say the De- Department of Justice folks who are on this case are uh, of the opinion that there's still government documents that haven't been returned to the uh, National Archives where they've supposedly belong by, you know, supposedly law that supposedly gets enforced on uh, all of us. Um, So there's this whole dance has um, spurred a a great deal of speculation on just why the former president wants to maintain what he claims is ownership and what the department has set up to now is control of these documents, including some that are even classified. Why Why is he causing all this fuss? Government documents, the supreme expression of power. You don't have to do anything with them or about them. Just holding them in your hands can make you feel like you're king of the world. Hi, I'm Donald Trump, America's 45th president, and I know a little something about government documents, and now I want to share their prestige and power with you. Imagine holding a folder full of everything from routine memos 
to papers just recently classified by my very own mind. Now you don't have to imagine. Trump PACs takes a randomly assembled collection of government documents, reprints them on 100% government quality paper, and sends a randomly selected group of them straight to you for just pennies a page. Put them on display in an important part of your house. Bring them out to thrill and impress your dinner guests. Or just enjoy them in the comfort of your private space. Collected and presented in our presidential-like folder, Trump Packs makes the perfect gift for your most hard-to-please friends. Or keep them and treasure them, unless they're subpoenaed. There's power in every page, importance in every line. Until now, these papers were only available to totally cleared officials. But now, through a special arrangement with my lawyers, they're available to you through the number one source of 100% guaranteed official government documents, me. But you gotta hurry. This special offer might not last forever. And here's the best part. Every order is specifically randomly selected from the Trump pack supply. So... No two orders are alike, but our superfine government quality paper is in short supply. So order your Trump packs in the next 10 minutes and be sure your government documents arrive before the holidays. Call the number on your screen or for even faster service, just call your screen direct. Trump packs, there's importance on every page. You're welcome. Now news of uh, microplastics. 
and it's good news. Wow. One of the worst forms of plastic pollution may have met its match in the saliva of a humble worm. That's a, that's a lead from the BBC. Spanish researchers say they've discovered chemicals in the wax worm's drool. I'm just going to repeat that phrase because it's so much fun to say and so disgusting. The wax worms drool. Those uh, chemicals break down polyethylene, a tough and durable material. Researchers say that one hour's exposure to the saliva degrades the plastic as much as years of weathering. Yeah, but the weathering isn't as disgusting. They hope the breakthrough will lead to new natural approaches to deal with plastic pollution. Discovered two enzymes in the liquid that can degrade polyethylene at room temperatures. I believe it's the first time such an effective agent has been found in nature. Polyethylene is one of the most widely used forms of um, microplastics, or what end up as microplastics. It comprises about 30% of production of plastics used in a wide range of materials, including hard-wearing items like Pipes, flooring, and bottles. I love this flooring. But it's also used for bags and food containers. Plastic is dense and is very slow to break down in nature because it's highly resistant to oxygen. The Spanish team first discovered the waxworms could break down the material five years ago. In this new study, they've worked out that the key elements are enzymes in the creature's saliva. In their paper, they show that this key step of getting oxygen into the polymer can be achieved within an hour of the plastic being exposed to the waxworm's saliva. It's uh, the larva of the greater wax moth, commonly known as waxworms. They're a well-known pest that attacks and destroys honeybee hives. They're also popular with fishers as a bait and as a food source for reptiles. We imagine you could apply this new understanding to large plastic waste management facilities, said the co-author of the paper. He adds, no, sorry, she adds, but you could also have a home-based kit which could help you degrade your own plastic. A, a brand new hobby for the kids. Many questions still to be answered, say the researchers, including whether the saliva is working on the polymer or on the additives that are used to strengthen this kind of of plastic. We, quote, we also want to know why a humble worm has these amazing enzymes, what the use is of them in their daily life. And no, you can't ask them. So they do have a daily life. A study conducted by the University of Basel in Switzerland and the Alfred Wegener Institute in Germany has found no evidence of microplastics in the stomachs of emperor penguins. More good news. Studies an important assessment of environmental pollution at the South Pole. They analyzed the gizzard contents, did the researchers of 41 chicks found dead in a colony in Atka Bay, a remote area on the uh, Ekstrom ice shelf down in uh, Antarctica. They did not find any synthetic polymers in gizzards. They report in the journal Science of the Total Environment. So two pieces of good news about microplastics. And, oh, just one more item that's been found for the first time in human breast milk. Well, 
you can't win them all. And now, the apologies of the week. We're so sorry. The Portland Thorns have dismissed a pair of team executives in the wake of an investigation into misconduct in the National Women's Soccer League. A couple of owners stepped back from their teams. Meanwhile, the president of the Louisville team, James O'Connor, apologized to fans and a former player who came forward with allegations of sexual abuse. Two representatives from the Religious Society of Friends in Alaska, or Quakers, well, those would be the frozen Quakers, read a formal apology this week for a school and orphanage the church opened in the late 1800s. The apology was part of Orange Shirt Day at uh, Saic Gastineau Community School in Douglas, Alaska, which was built on the grounds of the former Douglas Island Friends Mission. 2012 graves were found on the school grounds during renovations. The school was renamed five years later loosely translate to spirit helper. The Douglas Indian Association said at the time the word reflects the original Tlingit name of the land and the need to acknowledge historical, tra- historical trauma sorry, that indigenous sorry, people experienced there. Two people from the Friends Conference read aloud from the apology we, to the uh, Aquaquan people, we honor you, we honor your lands, we hear you, we believe you, and we hear expressing our deep wishes for healing, for transformation, for truth. And we commit to not stop at truth, but to move then to the reparations. We want land back for you. We want you back. We want your language back, unquote. According to the letter, the Religious Society Friends ran around 20 schools for Native youth with the intention of forcing indigenous children to assimilate into white society. The met, quote, the methods used in some of the Friends schools were harsh and often cruel. Yeah, kind of an apology. LeGarrette Blunt apologized after video showed the former NFL running back throwing punches during a skirmish amongst adults at a youth football game. Who do you think they are? Draymond Green? Speaking of which, TMZ published video of this incident on Monday showing tensions surface among a post-game handshake line at a 12-and-under football game in Arizona. Two groups of adults were seen arguing after the game before the incident escalated into pushing and shoving. Blunt, reportedly a coach of the game, lunged at and threw punches at a man in the opposing group after the man appeared to say something. Others intervened to separate them. From there, others tussled before cooler heads prevailed. Police in Gilbert, Arizona, confirmed to USA Today they're investigating the incident Blunt was involved. Blunt issued an apology on Twitter. Today, video footage was sent to TMZ in regards to my actions. At a football game this past weekend, unfortunately, the video share does not display all off the details and events that transpire. Regardless of that, I take full responsibility for my part in it and for putting myself in this situation. The 35-year-old former player 
nine seasons in the NFL, says, quote, I apologize to all of my players and parents and also to the players and parents on the other team. As a leader, coach, father, and role model, I understand my actions are unacceptable. I hope and pray for your understanding and forgiveness and plan to continue to be a positive impact in the lives of our youth. Yeah, yeah, sounds like sounds like a lawyer wrote that. Sure. You recognize anything? Oh, but wait, there's so much more. Lots of apologies the week this week. For example, Toyota, the world's largest car maker, issued an apology this week. They disclosed that close to 300,000 customer email addresses and assigned customer numbers were mistakenly leaked through a subcontractor. Customers who'd registered their email addresses on the Toyota Connect app, T-Connect, for the last five years were affected, according to a statement on Toyota's website. The app connects customers to their vehicles through smartphones. Yep. It's a smart. The email addresses and customer management numbers of some customers who subscribed to T-Connect were found to have leaked, says Toyota. 296,000 would be some. We sincerely apologize for causing great inconvenience and concern to our customers. Unquote. The carmaker stressed that other information, such as names, phone numbers, and credit card details, were not affected. The incident occurred after the T-Connect website's subcontractor. Well, I'm looking when you subcontract some kind. No, we make cars. We don't make websites. Well, you have to subcontract. Toyota didn't name the subcontractor, mistakenly uploaded part of the source code to the account on GitHub, an Internet hosting service owned by Microsoft. The subcontractor's account was set to public in violation of the handling rules, said Toyota. Facing anger from the leaders of a local Latino Democratic club, Los Angeles congressperson Karen Bass apologized this week for suggesting that group was paid by her rival in the mayoral election going on now. That rival is shopping center magnate Rick Caruso. Leaders of Avance Democratic Club had called earlier in the day for Bass to apologize for her remarks, which she made at a debate on Thursday, hosted by a local radio station. Quote, accountability and transparency starts with me, and when I make a mistake, I own it, said Bass. I shouldn't have said what I said. I sincerely apologize to Avance and its membership. She asked the rival, Rick Caruso, after it came out that Avance had endorsed him that day of the debate. How much did they how much did you pay for it? Speaking of Draymond Green, as I was a moment ago, the Golden State Warriors basketball team and the NBA are considering disciplinary action for him following a pretty amazing altercation videotape. Uh, video of it is on uh, Twitter between him and teammate Jordan Poole. This happened at practice. They were reportedly in a heated altercation. The uh, altercation was uh, naturally heated, I believe. Uh, Poole pushed Green, and then Green came at him with a punch like from outer space. Since that altercation on Wednesday, general manager of the team said that Green apologized to the team for his actions. It's the NBA. It's professional sports. These things happen. 
Nobody likes it. We don't condone it, but it happened, Myers said. Draymond apologized to the team. Jordan was there in the room. I was there in the room, the team, the coaches, the players, and we heard that. Practice was paused after the incident while everyone cooled off. Green may face discipline from the the Warriors. We're going to handle that internally, Meyer said. That's going to be an internal process. Coach Steve Kerr concurred. Green will be uh, handled in-house. The outhouse was full. Ladies and gentlemen, the Church of England has suffered from a culture of deference, inertia, misogyny, protectionism, and victim-blaming. A three-year internal review of abuse cases has found almost 400 new cases involving actions by clergy, officials, and volunteers against children and vulnerable adults were uncovered in an extensive review of personnel records. The... uh, Review led to 26 national recommendations, including establishment of a victim's charter to enable children to be truly heard when they're expressing distress or communicating that something is wrong. The two archbishops that lead the COV, Justin Welby and Stephen Cottrell, said there were no possible excuses, no rationalizations for our church's failure to share the love of God and value each and every person. We sincerely apologize for our failures and want to reach out to those who are still suffering from the pain and misery they endured. We extend this apology to wider family members affected from this past abuse. We're so sorry that this ever happened. It was not your fault, and you were not to blame. And Philadelphia, in a similar vein, apologizes for being the Tuskegee of the North, City of Philadelphia issued an apology this week for the unethical medical experiments performed on mostly black inmates at its Holmesburg prison from the 1950s through the 1970s. The move comes after community activists and the families of some of the prisoners raised the need for a formal apology. follows a string of apologies from various U.S. cities over historically racist policies or wrongdoing in the wake of the George Floyd thing. And the Raiders, I believe currently located in Las Vegas, have found themselves in hot water after publishing a story on the team's official website announcing the death of former running back Clarence Davis at the age of 73. Davis is still living. The Raiders extend our deepest apology to the Davis family and the Raider Nation for the erroneous announcement. The apologies of the week, ladies and gentlemen, copyrighted feature of this broadcast.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Stay two for this week's edition of the show. Back next week at the same time over these same radio stations and on your audio device of choice whenever you want it. It'd be just like Trump giving all the documents back. If you would agree to join with me then, would you? All righty, thank you very much. Uh-huh. Tip of the show, chapeau to the San Diego desk. To Pam Halstead and to Garrett. <laughs> Garrett's last name is one thing I forgot today. Uh, for help with today's program, the email address. Garrett Pittman. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, Garrett. Just a momentary lapse. Uh, the email address for this program, your chance to get Cars I Caught Talk t-shirts, and the playlist of the music heard here on all at harryshearer.com. And there's so much more to see here and read there. You may get stuck there for hours. Good luck. And I'm on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans. It's the flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from and for a while to the Crescent City.